0: Happy Labor Day, Happy Lifer. I hope you have good plans for today. I hope it'll be happy. But then again, what am I thinking? How do you even put those two words together? It doesn't make sense. Happy labor. I mean, how do you combine those two words together? I mean, I've seen my wife in labor three different times, and I've got a lot of words that can describe it. But happy isn't one of them. You know, and and OK, so Labor Day isn't about getting pregnant then. OK, well, then if it's about work and I think it's awesome that we have a day where we celebrate the workers that make our world a better place. Right. And that's what it's all about. But happy labor. I mean, I think we feel the same way about work that I feel to describe when my wife was in labor. I mean, it's not I don't think it's any different. We call them oxymorons. They're two contradictory words that are put together in the same phrase, in the same sentence, like jumbo shrimp, act naturally, good grief, fighting for peace, airline food. Um <laughs> I could go on and on. Um Plastic glasses, right? Black light, pretty ugly. I mean, <laughs> they don't go together. Happy labor? That's like saying... Happy work. It just doesn't make sense. How do you put happy and work together? Well, you can, and we will. So listen and find out. I think you're going to like it. It may even change how you go to work tomorrow. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be happier. Labor Day is the unofficial end of summer, which is perfect. Because we just ended our summer camp series. How about that? Woo! I mean, how do we happen to make that happen? <laughs> Speaking of the end of the summer camp season and the end of summer, uh, Happy Life for Emily uh, asked me this question. She says, So, what do you do in the off season? She's getting ready to go to school and she wants to know what I do in the off season. <laughs> I love that. I mean, what do you mean, off season? I mean, I, I the reason I love that is because she's basically she's stating that camp is the thing, and the other 10 months of the year are just off-season. So what do you do the rest of the year? Oh, I don't do anything. I just speak at camps for two months, and, and, then, and that's it, right? What do you do in the off-season? She, she was actually with us for a couple of weeks of camp this summer, and I think that's why it's so cool because – Camp Daniel is the real thing for her, and it's it's the thing. And The rest of the year is the off-season. I mean, I love that mentality, and, and what I do in the off-season, my answer would, would, is simply this, Emily. It's just I keep doing what I'm doing. I don't just do camp when I'm at camp. I do camp all year long, and what I mean by that is that camp is about love and acceptance and hanging out with each other and helping each other, and honestly, that's what – God's plan for us is that's what happy is it's it's the plan of what we end up living at Camp Daniel every year and what other people live at camps at camps you're 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 just more relaxed you're different with people you're and you know what that's what I do the rest of the season. I mean my job is if I'm a messenger I'm here to give a message but we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But I like that like summer camp is the main season and the rest of the 10 months are the off season. And Emily wasn't the only one to talk. Um, we've been getting some great reviews uh, on the summer camp series. Um, Happy Life for Adam said, I don't think in any way at all think the summer camp series went too long. It just made me cry too much <laughs> with a smiley face there, a smiley face with a wink, right? And then the cool part is, for me anyway, he went on and on, encouraging me personally, speaking life into me. Uh, It was just way cool. So thank you, Emily. Thank you, Adam. And thank all of you other Happy Lifers out there for listening, commenting, encouraging, sharing, helping, and on and on. Uh, This podcast belongs to all of us. The way I see it, we're just all a bunch of happy lifers trying to help each other out. And that's kind of what the season of camp is. And that's what we want to make into a lifestyle. It's my goal to help bring that mentality throughout the rest of the quote unquote off season, as Emily would say it. So leaving the summer and leaving the summer camp series, let's get on to the Labor Day. You know, they say nothing ruins a Friday more than realizing today It's only Tuesday. And that, I think that's how many of us view our jobs, our careers. After all, we've heard it many times, got the Monday blues, right? When Monday is hit, when Sunday night comes around, you know, we we tend to get down like, oh, here. And the Monday comes, it's Monday blues, and we're all tired. And we, I, I I bet you that all the coffee joints have more people show up on Monday mornings than they do any other morning. I would just take a venture on that, you know. But I've never heard anyone say they have the Friday blues. No one goes to bed Thursday night going, oh, great, Friday is coming tomorrow, <laughs> right? It's because we've got this view that that nothing ruins a Friday more than realizing today is Tuesday. Everybody. I have to admit, I just think it's super funny that we celebrate working by taking a day off, right? Working for the weekend, working to survive. I don't think that is ever what God had intended for us when he invented this thing called work. What? God invented work? <laughs> yeah, he did. In the very first book of the Bible, it's called Genesis. in The second chapter, the second verse God says this, it says, by the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. He goes on to say, God bless the seventh day. He made it a holy day because on that day he rested from his work, from all the creating he had done. You know, whenever I think about resting from my work, I always think like, you know, I'm working for the weekend. See, God did it right there. He, he, he was working for the weekend. He couldn't wait, you know, for the weekend to come. He made all that stuff on the seventh day. He rested from his work. But when you look at that word, what that really means is he delighted in his work. He didn't go, Oh, I'm so wiped out. I just need to rest on that. He delighted in his work. And maybe, maybe it was a lot like, like, you ever have those days when, when you have a really good productive day at work or you get some, some projects accomplished that you, you surprise yourself, you, you accomplish more than what you thought you would accomplish and you go to bed and you fall asleep before your head even hits a pillow You're, or you got that moment before you fall asleep and it just you just do this, uh, you just have that feeling, that little moment of, I think that that's what it means when it says that God rested. I think God sat back. It says he looked at everything he made and said it was good and he just went... Ah a few verses later it says that there was no one available to work the ground and then he made Adam right after that you know then in verse 15 it says God took the man and set him down in the garden of Eden to work the ground and keep it in order okay so maybe God invented work but he never had to do it easy for him to say happy labor day Because he doesn't ever labor. He just sits in his high and mighty supervisor throne and lets us do all the dirty work. Heaven's got micro's dirty jobs, and that's what we are. We're micro's dirty jobs for heaven. That's why he made us to do all his dirty work. That is true in a lot of cases. In fact, a lot of religions, it talks about the the gods creating man uh, or using man to do all the dirty work that they don't want to do. Uh, And a lot of people would love to get successful or love to make a lot of money because they don't have to work anymore. But I think we're missing out on the point of what God intended work to be. When you look at the kings back in the day, you look at the pharaohs, you look at the other ancient rulers, that's how they were, right? They don't want to do the dirty work. They got the micro to do the dirty jobs. They're not going to do them because all of a sudden they're rich now. They have power now. They don't have to work. I'm, I'm thinking of eight mile with Eminem. And when he wins that battle in the very end and, and he beats the guys in his rap battle, and they're all like, dude, where you going?" And he's like, I'm going back to work. I'm, I'm going, going back, back to work. Work? <laughs> okay. You ain't going to work. Yeah, you man now, dog. You ain't got to work. That's kind of how a lot of people view it, but that isn't that way with God. Check these verses out from Genesis chapter one, verses 26 or 29. These are some of the first things that we learn about God what he wants our relationship to be like in the Bible. It's the first thing that we learn. It's in the first book of the Bible. In verse 26 to 29, it says, then God said, let us make human beings so that they are like us. I I just think that that's so cool. Let them rule over the fish in the seas and the birds in the sky. He says, let them rule over the livestock and all the wild animals. And let them rule over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own likeness. Verse 27, he created them to be like himself. You know what? We always love to hang out with people that are like us. I think God made us like himself so that we could hang out with each other. We'll get to that in a minute. And then it says he created them as male and female. So he made male and female both like himself in his image. God blessed them. He said to them, have children so that there will be many of you. Fill the earth and bring it under your control. Rule over the fish in the seas and the birds in the sky. Rule over every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I am giving you every plant on the face of a whole earth that produces its own seeds. I am giving you every tree that has fruit with seeds in it. All of them will be given to you for food. So my question is, are you picking it up? Because God's throwing it down. I mean, think about it. He kept saying words like rule. I want you to rule. And he said that over and over. He kept saying phrases like, I am giving you. He said, fill the earth and bring it under your control. If God is such a God that wants us to do all these dirty jobs, and why would he say it like that? He didn't say, bring it under my control. You do what I tell you to do, and you're going to do it, and you're going to like it, right? No, he said, fill the earth and bring it under your control, your control, not his. God isn't looking for slaves to do his dirty jobs. He's not looking for Mike Rose out there to go do the dirty jobs. He's looking for partners to help him. I like how John Mark Comer says it in his book, Garden City. By the way, if this is interesting to you and you'd like to go deeper into it, you definitely need to check out that book, Garden City by John Mark Comer. Um, I have really been getting into it lately myself. And a lot of the stuff in this podcast was actually inspired uh, by it. Only John Mark Comer, um, he he says it way better. Anyways, regarding that word rule that we just read, John Mark says in page 41 of Garden City, one Hebrew scholar translated it, the word rule, As, quote, to actively partner with God in taking the world somewhere. What? (laughs) That word rule that he says in there, I think it's like five times, means to actively partner with God? Are you kidding me? (laughs) He wants us to help him? I mean, he wants us to take the world somewhere? Happy Labor Day, right? I mean I, that that just that just blew my brain the first time I thought of it. It blew my brain when I started reading about it. It and and it just continues to blow my brain. And check this out. He wants us to worship with our vocation. Hold on, I'm not Adam. I'm not Eve. I don't live in a garden. In fact, I can hardly spell plant let alone plant a plant in a planter. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Like my wife and I saw several years ago it was the last time we ever tried it too. But we all these houses, you know, we love the hanging plants and uh, you know the big plants that you hang all over the front of your house and the back of your house. It's just so cool. And uh, Costco was selling some of these hanging down, and they were beautiful, purple and white, and they were just gorgeous. Had a little bit of yellow in there. So we decided to buy one. We should try and buy them for the house. I'm like, okay, well let's let's do it, you know. So we buy it. I'm telling you what, we couldn't keep that stupid thing alive. I don't know how everyone else did it, but. We can't keep it alive. We we don't have a green thumb. I've got a green suit. That's as close as I get, right? I don't have anything close to a green thumb. So how in the world am I going to worship with my vocation? I, I'm not in the garden like Adam was or like Eve was, right? Well, let's not forget Jesus, God's son, who came to earth and worked. He didn't come to earth and just sit back as God's son. He came to earth and worked. And he worked as a construction worker, very blue collar. I love that he did that for decades, right? And then he 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 worked as a rabbi, very white collar. You would you would say he worked as a he he became a teacher. Some would even say I could even argue that he became a babysitter. When you look at the disciples that he called. <laughs> I think he was a babysitter a lot of the times too. So back to the blue collar, right? But I love the fact that God is both blue collar and white collar. He made us in his image. And we tend to think that the more important you get, the more white collar you become. But God modeled something quite different. When you look at the people he chose to call, that's what I'm saying. That's that's it right there. The dudes he chose to call. <laughs> I think you're going to love this. Okay, check this out. The word vocation, according to the dictionary, um, right? We all know what it is. It's a person's employment. It's their main occupation. It's their trade or it's their profession, right? So we all have a vocation that we either have or we're pursuing one even the young buds listening to this even those in in school I think about who they're going to be someday what they're going to do someday they're they're pursuing a, a vocation maybe you have lost your job and you are pursuing another one right now but we all have a vocation or are pursuing one okay however according to the original word a vocation it's Latin and the word is vocatio or vocatio I don't know you say vocatio I say vocatio you say You say say, vocatio, and I say vocatio, 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 (laughs) Let's just call the whole thing off, (laughs) whatever, okay? But that word that, that it came from, vocatio, it means calling. How cool is that? Our vocation is our calling. It's not just a job. A calling isn't something that you just get. Isn't something that you would, you invent. its not isn't something you become. It's something you are. It's someone you are. It's, it's that thing that, 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 that nags at you inside that it's a thing that, that drives you. It's, it's a calling and that's what our vocation is. So God put Adam and Eve in the garden to work it, to rule it, to take care of it. Right? Check this out. That word work there is also translated as service many times in the Bible. That original word work there is also translated as service in the Bible. What does that even mean? Well, I think it means service to God, service to others, serving others, serving God, serving the earth that we are living on, serving my neighborhood, serving my my house, my kids' school, serving the coffee shop that I go to, serving the grocery store that I go to. That word that's translated as work, it's also translated as service. Get this, it's also translated many times in the Bible as the word worship. What? Seriously? So work and worship in this situation are coming from the same word. They're the same thing. That means that the way that God made for the world to be is, well, Garden City says it way better. So I'll just read this, Read it from that on page 58. When you go to work every day, it's an act of worship to the God who made you. It's not just a job. It's worship. End quote. Boom. I should just end the podcast right there. Happy Labor Day. I mean, how many of us have ever thought about that? Work is worship. We we think worship is you go to a church on a Sunday morning and there's music and you sing songs and that's worship. Well, worship is so much larger than that. The sad part is, is some will go to church and they'll sing. They might even stand in the front and and sing the loudest and raise their hands the highest, or or however you worship God, they might be the more most demonstrative or the most serious. But then they come home and they complain at work. They don't give work their full attention. They they like, oh, it's great, it's Monday's coming, right? You know, and you know it's, it's the opposite. You know, Fridays, you know, how what do we do on Easter? You know, we say Fridays here, but Sundays are coming, right? We're kind of like, well, Sunday's here, but Mondays are coming. It's like the opposite. Oh, great, Monday's coming, but. Our job is our worship. Our service is worship. It's not just a job. It's a vocation. This, my happy lifer, this is crazy. This is the reason that he made us in his image. I get it. He made us to worship him by partnering with him to make our world a better place. I should say to make our world a happier place. I got to say that again. This is why God made us in his image. Because he wants us to worship him by partnering with him to make our world a happier place. Happy Labor Day. The original word vocation, vocatio that we talked about, it also means, can be translated voice. It's that thing, that message, that voice inside of you. The thing that just drives you, the thing that you think about when you have a spare moment. It's that voice Now, you may think that you work for your employer. You may think that you work for Target. You may think that you teach at a school, that you work for the trucking company driving trucks. You may think that the principal, the owner is the one who signed your paycheck. You might think that they're your source, but they're not your source. God is your source. God gave you labor. He gave you a vocation, a vocatio. He gave you a voice, He gave you a calling and he placed you in the job that you are at right now. That's the job that you are in. God didn't show up and and speak in some James Earl Jones, some Samuel Jackson, some, you know, (laughs) some booming voice and says, I am placing you in this job. No, you applied for the job and you got it. But we need to realize that God placed us in that job. God is our source and he might be using your boss to take care of your bills right now. But God's your source not your boss. Your boss might sign the paycheck. That company might sign the paycheck, but God is your source. And he's placed you in that job. He's placed you in that vocation for a reason. He's placed you in that vocation so that you will serve, so that how you serve will worship him. We worship him, remember, by partnering with him to make our world a happier place. That's why he made us. Let me paraphrase John Mark here from Garden City, page forty-nine. You are made to do good. Boy, I could end the quote right there. You are made to do good, to mirror and mimic what God is like to the rest of the world. What that means is to your workmates, your employers, your employee, your customers, right? To stand between the Creator and His creation. Wow. That, that's it. That's worshiping him by partnering with him to make our world a happier place, right? To mediate between the two, to represent the one when he made you in his image. That's kind of like when you make a statue of somebody because you want to honor them. That that statue shows the image of the person you're trying to honor, God made us in his image so that we could people could look at us and see that that's what God is like that's another reason he made us in, in his image to worship him by partnering with him to make our world a happier place. And he did this, he made us to stand between the creator and his creation to put into play to show God's creative, generous, crazy, awesome blessing over all the earth, not just some, but over all the earth, giving a voice giving your voice, your vocatio, your vocation to the creation's worship. Wow. That's it. <laughs> so happy Labor Day, everybody. I mean, I hope that helps you. I hope you got as excited about that as I me. Mean, you could tell I was getting excited, right? But labor isn't something that we have to go, oh, great, it's Monday morning. God help us to realize that how we work is how we worship. God help us to realize that you have given us a calling and you've given us a certain abilities and that workplace might not know our abilities or might not take advantage of it, but there's somebody in that workplace. There's going to be a customer. There's someone to work alongside with. There might be a boss or an employee that we need to take a moment and take that gift that we have and help that person happy. to worship God by partnering with him. To make Someone our world, happy, our workplace, our family, our neighborhood, our home, our coffee shop, too. our grocery store, a happier place. So, happy Labor Day indeed. Remember, life isn't perfect, but it can be happy. Now go make somebody else happier. TV's.